Brittany Campbell Turner, and this is the Constructor Podcast, session number 10. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Constructor. My name is Brittany, and this podcast is dedicated to helping property owners have certainty in their decisions about their construction projects. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to bring to you this interview and share with you an excellent approach to achieving better collaboration amongst construction teams. If you haven't checked it out yet, in episode 7, found at constructor.com slash 07, we talked about bringing on a game plan user to discuss how game plan has helped them in their business. If you go back into that episode, I want you to understand how project teams could collaborate and report in the software just by a byproduct. Because I promised that we'd follow up and talk with Vishal and one of his customers, I did my first interview with two people. I spoke with Vishal and a game plan, a game plan power user and board advisor. For my David first couple of questions, um, I did want to make sure to get to know how you guys met and, and how you guys encountered each other um, and decided to, um, yeah, to, to use game, like you, David, how you decided to use game plan um, after having encountered that. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, it, it's. I think it's a very compelling story and one that repeats itself throughout our industry because of the, some of the things that you mentioned uh, earlier about you know how mindsets are changing. And I find that it's mostly out of frustration that people really are trying to find something else. So, um, I mean, I can give a little bit of a background on on myself. I, uh, I've been in the AEC industry for a little bit over 20 years, and uh, even though I started in architecture, I never really uh, intended to practice an architect. My focus has always been uh, technology, implementation of tools, and trying to make the processes better. Um, and uh, my evolution has taken me to work for a general contractor over the last uh, eight years or so, uh, or a couple of different general contractors. But uh, as part of my role, I look for tools to make our teams better, uh, manage risk uh, as best as we can, and deliver the projects to our clients in the best possible way. And that has often made me overlap with IT departments a lot and get involved in purchasing of software uh, and, and other tools. And I've had this sort of love-hate relationship with Autodesk for the last 20 years where I've been really trying to you know, break up with Autodesk for 20 years that so you just can't because they're such a monolithic environment. And software is always something that I thought of as, you know, somebody else that has a very different set of skills, does something, puts it in a box, and you buy it. Um, and I was really on the on the lookout for solutions to do things like punch lists, uh, things like field communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I was very frustrated because I realized that my digital life worked very, very well. Um, I like to tell the story of how I was uh, climbing Mount St. Helens with some friends, and, uh, you know, we used Google Maps to figure out how to get there. We used Facebook to uh, uh, communicate with one another as to when we were going to be there and when. We used Amazon to get some supplies for the trip, and we all used Flickr and YouTube to share our experience and had it up online, and we're sharing with our families, our friends, anybody that we're uh, was caring enough to look at our experience uh, before we got, you know, back from the trip, really. Uh, we had been able to upload things. And then the following Monday, I got back to work, and I had to fire up Outlook and deal with email attachments. <laughs> and that was really the, that was really the aha moment. Um, and um, I said, there, there's, a, there's a better way these tools work already in my digital life. Why don't they work in my digital work life? So I attended a uh, AEC hackathon. Um, I believe it was the uh, the second or third AEC hackathon put together by Greg Howe and his group, uh, which is now kind of taken on a life on its own. So mm-hmm. that's that's the subject of another podcast. How that's going, but it was down at uh, Menlo Park at Facebook headquarters, and in the hackathon format on Friday night, you get an opportunity to have an open mic 
complaint session, if you will. And and I got up on stage and I told that story of, of climbing Mount St. Helens and, and my digital life really working well. And and Vishal came up to me right after I got off the um, I got off the podium, and he said, "Hey, I've been working on a little something that sounds somewhat like what you're describing. Do you want to join forces?" And we. Uh, you know, uh, a weekend later, a good prototype and a couple of awards from the uh, AEC uh, hackathon group. Uh, later, we had a working prototype of something that sort of looked and felt like social media in the way that it behaved, uh, but it dealt with project data. And we focused on sort of a BIM model, uh, a viewer and implementation, but uh, we realized that it could have a lot of other implications. And, and uh, Michelle and I kind of looked at each other, and I, I believe that he, he asked me if I wanted to join him and go change the world, and I jumped at the chance. Wow, that's an excellent uh, recount of, of how you guys met, and after hearing Vishal's story, um, which you guys can hear on the, uh, the previous podcast, you can find it at constructor.com slash zero seven. So... So yeah, you'll you'll be able to hear that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it sounds like your experiences have been similar. Um, and that Vishal, it sounds like you know social media, the use of that seem it's very easy to use. Everything is is user friendly, and then when you come into um, the opportunity to to use software in the industry, a lot of them tend to be very clunky. Um, not user friendly. You're having to to back up onto servers where things are taking a lot of time. It's not cloud um, based, and and there are lots of scenarios that I've encountered that are similar. So I think I think that more and more, um, especially the younger generations, are are really adapting to to software. They're understanding that user interface um, experience is really really important. And you really, you can't deny that it needs to transition over into all industries, but definitely our industry because technology is advancing in other ways and we need to be able to keep up with that as well. So yeah, thanks, well, thanks our, for that. Our industry is somewhat unique in the, in the potential that exists. I mean, we all, you know, anybody that has anything to do with BIM, VDC or technology implementation always loves to show the slide of how productivity has remained stagnant in our industry as related to everybody else. Uh, so we've got a huge opportunity, a huge gap to fill in this industry. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, so I guess I, the next question that I wanted to ask was, so what is the involvement that you have um, basically take, pick, taken up in, in working with Vishal. Right now you're an advisor, it, it, it appears, for, for the company. So what does that entail? Right. So like I said, Vishal and I he met at a point when he already had something started. He already had a, a cloud platform that did certain things. And, uh, I had a, a particular need to, uh, to fill and was able to use his platform and start to really uh, developed the way that it behaved around certain workflows. Mm -hmm. I haven't touched everything that, that Game Plan has to, has to offer, but just certain things that were my immediate needs. And I was able to offer Michelle um, real-time feedback in actual projects going on with dozens of people as end users. Um, and I was willing to be very involved, and, uh, uh, and I had a group of people as end users that were understanding of the fact that it was work in progress and that we were developing something. So I think that that worked very well for, for both of us. So, uh, so early on, Michelle and I were uh, communicating almost uh, constantly, I mean, a couple of times a week at least. So out of that, you know, we put together, uh, Michelle put together an advisory board, which I became a member of. And, and since, uh, you know, we, we've not necessarily formalized uh, a, a relationship, but uh, I'd like to think that I've become uh, a project uh, product evangelist, if you will, and uh, I've been very involved in the design uh, of, uh, of the way the product works and the way that the product looks and feels. I mean, ultimately, Vishal and his team 
uh, are the ones developing the interface and developing the that we've been able to give uh, nearly real-time feedback and requests from uh, from different project teams doing things differently and and we've built a great deal of flexibility in the system thanks to that so um, I like to think of myself as the the chief uh, cheerleader for uh, for game plan uh, and product evangelist really uh, uh, as far as talking it up to people and bring it up to people and uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to even get on, on calls to help uh, other clients of the shells to, to successfully deploy the product. So, David, how many projects have you used GamePlan on uh, thus far? So we've used GamePlan on a variety of, uh, of different types of projects and scopes, and I think, we're, I think we might have done eight or nine. Okay. Now. All right. Um, could you give us a general sense of what the, the size and scope of those projects were? Well, it's, it's varied a lot, but um, we've got the, I think the smallest project that we did was an ER um, uh, remodel that was uh, uh, pretty small in size. I think it was a, I think it was an $8 million job, if I remember correctly, and all the way up to a, a ground up. 12-story uh, office building with five stories of garage that was uh, in the $3 million range. Um, and uh, we do, the, the company that I work for, we, we do a lot of different projects, but our sweet spot tends to be the uh, 15 to $25 million tenant improvement for a high-tech or pharmaceutical or biotech type of client. So things happen very quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, for example, our uh, project that we're working on right now is a $25 million project that's supposed to be done in five months. So our project life cycle is relatively short, so I'm able to test a system beginning to end um, relatively quickly. Okay. Um, so that leads me to a couple of other questions uh, that I may not have prepared you for. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I'm thinking through, are you, are you guys using integrated project delivery methods for these particular projects? I mean... Not on, every, mm -hmm. yeah, not on every project and not in the true sense of an IPD contract. I mean, we've, we've done a number of true IPD three-party uh, agreements mm -hmm. uh, using the, uh, the IPD forms from AGC, but um, most of our work is for, uh, is for private clients, so it's usually a private GMP type of contract. Uh, but it's uh, all relationship-based. We don't do any low-bid work. We tend to work for uh, uh, repeat customers. So even though we don't have a, a true IPD contract on most of these jobs, we're in early. We have the, our subcontractors tend to be the same from project to project, or uh, the design teams tend to also be, uh, if not the same from project to project, certainly familiar and, and familiar faces and people we've worked with in the past. So we try to leverage a lot of the behaviors of IPD uh, and really try to behave as if we were in an IPD. Uh, you know, we've got projects where we're co-locating, uh, projects where we're sharing information across the board you know, early on. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, where the flexibility of game plan really has given us an advantage because we can't uh, take a one-size-fits-all approach to the workflow of information. A lot of times, even though we are uh, we're collaborating on a project as if it was an IPD, the reality is that there's a contractual obligation, and we still have to segregate uh, the information flow, say, through the general contractor and not have a subcontractor talk to an architect directly. Mm -hmm. uh, we try to make that barrier as, as low as possible and as small as possible, but it still exists. So we have to address it, and game plan gives us the ability to create a workflow that allows for that. Okay. So game plan, would you say that you rely heavily on, on that to, to create um, the, the coordination that takes place, especially in a virtual sense? Um, you mean, uh, so the, the coordination, you mean more like the BDC coordination or, uh, or, or just in general? Well, just in, I would say just in general. Throughout the project, um, during during design, during construction, um, I would say in a general sense. Yes, I mean I think that the the reality is that we still have um, during the design stage of projects, we still have uh, 
uh, teams that are not entirely abandoning email, if you will. Um, and a lot of times the architects already have something like Nuforma or a product like that or an FTP site that mm -hmm. they have used with, the, uh, uh, with their consultants. But uh, as soon as we get involved in the project, we start steering things towards game plan on the projects where we are using it. Um, and we, we found it very advantageous for just tracking information and tracking communication. Also, I've not been fully successful at getting people to abandon email, just what I would like to happen on a, you know, for project specific information. Uh, but, uh, but we're getting there. That's great. I think that's great news. Um, I think that more people um, need to understand that just just because you don't have the contractual um, obligations or, or agreement that is integrated project delivery, that, that doesn't mean that you can't make the, um, the discussions really easy and, and collaborative, similarly to, to how you would in, in that sort of a project, even if it's more traditional GMP. Um, so that's really helpful to, to know. Um, I think that one thing I'm trying to do is, is let people know that you don't have to change a whole lot um, from a paper standpoint and an agreement standpoint in order to make a huge impact on how the project is run. Um, right. Well, I mean, I, I would make the argument actually that if you if you're a contractor or, or an architect or engineer or subcontractor that's working on a very traditional low bid uh, project where the contracts are completely segregated and it's completely traditional, uh, you almost have more of a need for an effective communication tool that tracks things in in a way that can be tied to the project and searched and discovered later on. Uh, I mean, the the management of information. Let's face it, most litigation that contractors get into has to do with communication that was not clear or that cannot be readily uh, pulled up. Mm -hmm. you know, nobody's ever gotten sued on an issue where somebody was able to pull up the email and find out exactly what somebody said and when. Those things get resolved at that very moment. Right. Uh, Unless for some reason it was incriminating and <laughs> it was it, it was deliberate. But most of the time, that's not the case. You're absolutely right. If, as long as the information is, is present and there are no gray areas, yeah, you're right. It's definitely resolved quite quickly. Um, okay. Very cool. Um, thanks for giving us a, a little bit of detail about how, how your projects are. And you are director of innovation. Is, is that what you consider your role um, at BNB? Yes, we, we don't really use titles at BNB, but just you have to say something. So that's what we came up with. And it's uh, deliberately vague. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's really anything that we need it to be. But the focus really is on making sure that teams have the tools that they need. Um, so I can act as a liaison to software developers or to an IT group or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get involved in creating the IPD contract if there is one or creating the project uh, specific plan uh, that's going to lead to success. So I, I get to touch every project and uh, in, in, a, in an interesting way, I think. Great. Vishal, I, I wanted to kind of ask you a question on how it's been for you to um, to work with David and, and get a sense of the the project, I guess the project idiosyncrasies. I know you've also worked in the industry, but is there anything in particular that you've learned by um, having David implement these in, into his his projects here? Yeah, sure. Uh, we actually have been uh, pretty fortunate to have uh, David uh, uh, with us, uh, as uh, David uh, uh, described earlier, you know, uh, we have been working together uh, to build the uh, platform, um, and uh, we have been solving different kinds of problems, uh, specifically focusing on collaboration and communication needs on the project uh, that David just described, uh, having him uh, especially uh, being someone who can, uh, you know, influence a lot of projects and who has like, you know, this uh, big uh, teams of uh, uh, construction professionals and, you know, project managers, engineers, and everybody on, um, from subcontractors to architects 
using uh, the, the platform and educating them, getting feedback and, you know, continuously working with our team to make sure that the uh, end goal meets and people get what they want when they want and the collaboration is successful on these projects. So in uh, a, a lot of instances, uh, you know, there are uh, small feedbacks that uh, we don't see, our designers don't see, even like, you know, sometimes uh, David uh, um, brings up like that, you know, this, this is a very valid point uh, coming right from the job site. And that feedback is gold. I mean, you know, that is really feedback that helps us uh, build the, you know, solve the real problems and build the tools to solve those problems. Any any major specific uh, problem that has been been solved that that you were surprised about when you know he he basically shared the information with you? Just curious if there's anything specific that you can recall. Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, in every construction project, there is uh, this review process, and uh, there are uh, various documents, uh, including uh, RFIs, submittals, change orders, that need review from different people. And uh, the system needs to uh, address uh, different workflows. And it turns out that... Uh, you know, different uh, project teams uh, decide to do things a little bit differently. Uh, and that requires a lot of flexibility in a software. So that is something that uh, uh, turned out to be um, a really good feedback and really good um, uh, uh, learning, um, uh, you know, a thing for us uh, that... Uh, uh, you cannot uh, have one size fit all software. Uh, there is a lot of flexibility that needs to be built into the software. So, you know, when it, it came to like RFI and submittal management on some of the projects um, that David was working on, um, you know, we extensively discussed the workflows and, you know, why things had to be one way or the other. Uh, you know how it is. Um, you know uh, how how it is. You know how the how contracts also play important roles in you know setting up the workflows. And uh, you cannot always like you know impose a software on a project saying hey you know the software does this functionality so you have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have to be flexible to incorporate the workflows that are uh, there. Uh, on the projects uh, described in the contracts and uh, there are really valid reasons for those uh, workflows as well. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You've, you, at this point, it sounds like you've adapted to the workflow uh, based mm -hmm. upon how the project is, is being executed, how, how it's actually taking place versus mm -hmm. making the software fit or make, rather making the, the project fit to how the software works, which is what I've experienced quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, a lot of times you have a software that's available to you, and, and this is how you must use it, and it, it, that may not be how the project is going, but you have yeah, to use that, it this way. Those softwares are not going to go very far moving forward because, you know, we, David and I never took the approach where, uh, you know, we were imposing the software on users. Our primary objective always was to make the users happy in the way they used to work. And, you know, there is always this thing, you know, that, hey, you know, in a collaborative environment, people have to change. But even though people are collaborative, the processes and the automation uh, needed uh, at different projects uh, is uh, different because of how the contracts operate or maybe, you know, because of how who the leader is on the projects. Uh, maybe, you know, sometimes it is architect who is driving how the RFIs and subtitles should be routed. Sometimes it's general contractors and, you know, it, it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. So it is about adapting and, you know, be, be, you know having a, an intelligent software uh, that uh, is not only flexible, but it, it actually is able to... Uh, automate certain things for uh, people. 
Very cool. I, I think it's really cool to know the perspective of the the developer um, for, for any software because as soon as you know that it's geared towards the user and, and making sure um, you understand exactly how, how they're working, you know that the software is going to be a lot more flexible and a lot more... It's, it's going to be a customizable solution, right? It may not necessarily be a customizable software, but it's going to be a solution that works for you because you're constantly getting user feedback. And I think that's the best way to approach developing a software. So just from, from that perspective, it's always helpful to, to know that. Um, and then also knowing that, you know, the people that are involved um, in developing it are, are from the industry, that's also helpful. You can kind of rest assured um, saying, okay, well, they have perspective and they can understand the ins and outs of, of my needs. So very cool. Thanks for sharing that, Vishal. Um, well, I think that this is a, a good transition point to um, look at game plan and um, look at how it can actually be utilized to to solve um, some of our everyday challenges that we, we, we may typically run into and, and basically see the major benefits of it. So I don't know, is it David? Are you going to be the one to, to share um, oh. Your screen at this point? Yes, I certainly can. Michelle, did you have anything in specific that you wanted to share? I, I can certainly walk through a, a, a couple of things on projects and um, share my screen. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, and you can share your screen. Uh, I think you know, we can cover a uh, lot of ground with uh, you know, the projects that you have worked on. So go ahead and uh, share the screen. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and share. And you'll have to tell me if you see my screen. I basically just have uh, Chrome opened up. I'll go full screen on it. Yep, I can see it. Okay. Great. So I won't get too much in depth on like settings and how you set up workflows, but I, I, I did want to just address a little bit what Vishal mentioned about the flexibility. You know, that's really the big differentiator. The market right now, I would say, is flooded with solutions that uh, use some of the, the workflows that uh, game plan takes care of. There's a lot of document management, a lot of the collaboration solutions with a lot of overlap, but there really isn't anything out there that that does everything really well and has a philosophy of integration with the things that they don't. Um, and also on top of that, it's very difficult for somebody in my position to forecast what it's going to cost a project or an enterprise for that matter um, to uh, to deploy a particular solution on on a project, so it's it, it's it's very very difficult. And early on, we took the uh, you know the step of saying philosophically, this is a product that we are going to be high touch on for our clients. We're going to customize it. We're going to integrate it with anything they need. We're going to give them the ability to integrate in it if they have a development team of their own. And we're going to treat people like adults when it comes time to the to the pricing. So maybe Vishal will uh, will talk about some of the pricing models a little bit later. But it's definitely something that you can think of. Okay, this is the project that I have. This is the number of people I'm working on it. This is what I want to do with the system. So this is roughly what's going to cost me. And you can do that just by going to the website, as opposed to having to call Autodesk or the uh, reseller. And you know, three days later, you get a proposal, and it's something completely out of the blue with no real relationship to the pricing you got on the last job, which happens a lot with these systems. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I, I, uh, what you're seeing on the screen then is, is right now you're looking at my project dashboard for a project. It's a project that actually was finished uh, uh, fall of last year. Um, and the reason why I'm uh, showing you that is because I want to show you how easy it is to find information after the fact. Um, so. Um, the dashboard for the project has, uh, it's a little bit different than what a lot of solutions uh, refer to as the dashboard. Uh, a lot of products get very hung up on metrics. And while metrics are great, uh, metrics is something that you really start to get advantage of after you've used a product for a couple of years and you have a lot of product information in it. And quite frankly, it's garbage in, garbage out. So even though game plan can look at data and, and show you metrics is not what it shows you right off the bat. Right off the bat, what you have is a activity stream, which is what's going on on the project. And I can scroll back 
And as I get down to the bottom of it, it'll reload and continue loading more and more information. Uh, and I can literally go back to day one of this project just by scrolling down on the activity stream. So anything that happens in game plan is going to get captured and shown here. And again, going back to those social media behaviors, uh, I can do I can do things directly on the activity stream here. I can interact with the data. I can go look at it. So, for example, I see here that Lindsay has commented on an RFI. Well, I can click on it, and I can go see that RFI in particular, but I can also follow this item mm -hmm. so that any further comments on this RFI generate notifications for me. So that's something that, you know, if I was, let's say that Lindsay had sent this comment back to the general contractor via an email, I would never know. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe this is an RFI that I, you know, I'm interested in for whatever reason. So the data is available to everybody in the project. Everybody can go look at something. Everybody can comment on something. Everybody can follow. Um, one of the things that I like about the, the, the interface is that it is very easy. Without even getting into the RFI itself, I can make a comment. And I can, you know, using social media behaviors, I can type in at, and it'll give me a list of, of people that are in the project. Now, it's not everybody. I can, I can start typing the name of anybody that was... Uh, a part of this uh, project, so Jessica, for example. Uh, so there's Jessica. So I can uh, I can click on Jessica's name, and I can type a comment and post it. And not only will it be available here on the activity stream, but Jessica will get a notification. And Jessica, by the way, can choose whether she gets notifications via email uh, directly on the notification system and the in the system here, or you know even if she's using Chrome. A notification can pop up even if she doesn't have the browser open on her desktop if she's using the game plan um, Chrome plugin. Oh wow! So there's a Chrome uh, integration plugin. Okay, very cool. Yes. So uh, you know everybody knows through using Twitter that if you start or Facebook, you start typing somebody's name, their name pops up. You're tagging them, right? So everybody knows how to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody knows what that means. Nobody needs to be trained on that after you say that. So I can also, like I said, I can follow an item or I can get into the, uh, into the item. Let's see. So Lindsay answered an RFI. Let's go look at what she said. I can just click directly on there, and it takes me to the RFI itself. Now, again, to kind of differentiate, um, this right here is the RFI. There may very well be something attached to it, but the RFI is the database entry. It's not that it's just logging that somebody uploaded a PDF RFI, uh, which is what a lot of systems like the Middle Exchange, for mm -hmm. example, do. Um, so the beauty of that is that now I can search for this, right? So it's, it's much more powerful. Now, of course, there's an attachment. You know, there, there's, a, uh, there's a sketch that was part of this response. So it's attached there. So you can still do that. But you basically have the subject of the RFI. You have some general information. Uh, and it's worth mentioning, these forms, when you generate an RFI, are completely customizable. The fields, what the fields are called, uh, I can change those per project, uh, and I can decide what fields are important to me and what fields are not important to me. That's really useful. Uh, I can also... Oh, go ahead. No, just saying that's really useful. I'm just kind of thinking through. Sometimes I find that between an architect and a contractor, to develop, depending on who is managing the, the system, right, one may, one may regularly document in a PDF format, and if you needed to, you could simply attach it here, but you also have an RFI. Um, you have data points specific to this RFI that's literally in the software that you can search. Right. That's hugely val valuable, especially if they're customizable fields. Very cool. <laughs> right. So something that you can also see in here is uh, what people got involved in this. You know, who's following this? So you can see who was responsible for assigning uh, or for responding to the RFI. Well, that's Lindsay. That was assigned by the workflow. Uh, but all of these people, either by workflow or because they chose to, all of these people are following that item. Um, and in this particular project, it was a very simple uh, workflow because this was closer to an IPD. Mm -hmm. uh, so there were only two steps. But you can actually see visually what the workflow, what the life cycle of this item was as well as seeing, you know, who's approved, who's answered, when. So everything is time and date stamped. And then 
uh, at the very top, the right-hand side, uh, what we have here is any sort of common thread. So if there was uh, not just the activity, but if, if anybody had carried out a conversation, uh, instead of doing it by email, had they done it here in the comments, say, for example, an architect and a consulting engineer could have been discussing this item and to arrive to the answer, and that conversation would be captured here on the right-hand side. So not only as a general contractor or an owner uh, down the line, not only you can come over here and see that it's answered and actually come and look at the answer, you, know, mm -hmm. you can also see the context that led to that answer, and that's very important. A lot of times, you know, we just do things because the plans say to do something. But to have the ability to dig deeper and see why is this wall here? Why did that cabinet move? Why did we change this light fixture? Um, that sort of context, especially down the road, uh, is really important. I'll, I can give you an example, and this is the reason why I, why I uh, showed you an old project. Uh, if I go to the submittals, which notice that now I'm actually going to go into the submittal module. I didn't click on a submittal from the activity stream. I'm, I'm actually going to the submittals themselves. Mm -hmm. This is all the project submittals. I can filter this. I can, uh, I can choose um, what columns are important to me. Like, for example, maybe you know, ball and cord is not important to me, so I can get rid of it. Or status. Uh, or let's say that it is. I can add it, but uh, put it at the end. All this is user-specific. As an administrator, I can set a starting view, but uh, users themselves can set this up uh, to view the information in a way that makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. So I can also filter, of course, to just look at things that are in my court, things that are just for my company, or things that are just from a particular subcontractor. But uh, beyond that, here's the submittal log. I can uh, sort by ID, I can sort by date, I can sort by status. Uh, but also something that I can do, and this is something that in a previous, uh, previous job, uh, we had an actual issue with an adhesive for a resilient base that didn't work. Um, and we actually had to spend money fixing the issue because nobody could find the communication between the architect and the superintendent that led to us using a particular type of adhesive that failed. So I just wanted to show you this, this very powerful thing right here that we all know. Anybody that searched the web knows that you can search for stuff. <laughs> so why can't we search email and actually find for stuff? Even though Outlook has a search function, uh, the way that most email servers are set up, good luck. You know, I think I'm really good at managing my emails. It's still a nightmare to find something from three months ago. Well, let's see what happened to the resilient base on this project. All I have to do is type resilient, and it immediately... It focuses down this list and filters to anything having to do with resilient base. So I know that my question was about resilient base RB1. You know, we've got an accepted submittal. Well, let's go look at it. Let's go see what happened there. It was accepted. I know that somebody uploaded uh, probably a cut sheet as the original submittal, and I see that there's an approved or appended uh, submittal. I can see all the steps. So it, it came from uh, the project engineer. It went to... Uh, uh, somebody at the architecture firm, there were three people that could have answered that question or, or approved it. Um, I can see who did it, and I can see that the PE accepted it as it came back in. And I've got the whole life cycle of this, um, of this submittal, and I can go look and immediately get into the submittal itself, see that it's got a stamp from the architect, and you know, I can go search through here, and I know that this, uh, this has the information here that I'm looking for. Now, it took me about 15 seconds to find this, uh, uh, this submittal. Now, I, I, I will admit to you that I, I've used this example before, so maybe I'm a little bit quicker with it than some others, mm -hmm. but the fact still remains that I can come in here and I can search uh, anything having to do uh, in just plain English. So if there's an issue with, you know, with ceilings, type in ceilings, see if there's, there's acoustical ceiling tiles, you know, as long as people are using natural language and the way that they title things, you will find it. It's not really that, that complicated. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've had uh, our teams come back and certainly is something that, 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 I, um, that I've mentioned to Vishal and over, you know, it, it's in the works. It's a global project search uh, or a global search where you can actually type this at the root level and see across all your projects. Uh, what RFIs, what submittals, what job walk items, what punch list items uh, had the word ceiling in them. 
So that's that's really powerful when you start to think about leveraging knowledge from one project to the other. But when it comes to managing risk on a construction project and mitigating, uh, you know, the possibility of somebody uh, suing you for something, having this sort of access to information is a complete game changer. I couldn't agree more. I think that's such a useful feature. I mean, just even thinking of, okay, well, we want all the information in regards to ceilings, for instance, using your example, um, so that we know how best to address this in our next project um, that happens to just be with the same client. I, I think that would be helpful information so you can see if there were issues with the previously specced out um, product. I mean, yeah, you may remember, but not all the details. If you can go down back into the history line and see you know, all of the correspondence about it, know who answered, you know exactly, if you need to pick up the phone for any reason, ask that question, okay, so, you know, I know you approved it, I know we, we, I can see the total correspondence about this, what took place, the conversation does come a lot more um, quickly and, and gets to the, to the point, um, you know, more effectively, and, and, and you don't have to really go down that wild goose chase. Um, like right. like and, and I've encountered before. The, the, the game really changes. You know, when you're picking up the phone and you're calling somebody up, uh, or say that you're conferencing in the architect when you're talking to the owner, uh, if the conversation starts with, do you remember when we did this, <laughs> that, or the other, and you email me, you've already lost it. You might as well pay up. But if the conversation starts with, hey, Bill, or hey, Tom, or whoever the name happens to be, I see here in the system that you approved this submittal in such and such date, and you gave us this instruction. That's Nobody ever gets sued when they start talking like that. Right. And obviously, wearing my general contractor hat right now, um, thinking of you know risk management from a litigation standpoint, but that is, uh, that is a really big driver in our industry of solutions, so I think that's why I'm a little bit hung up on that right now. Um, but the reality is that when you have this access to information and this ability to communicate and collaborate, you don't even get close to that step. Yeah, absolutely right. I, I think that the having the information avail available helps in multiple areas. Um, and, and those are just two, two that, that we can, you know, pay attention to right now, but I think it's, I think the possibilities are endless and the, the, the searchability really makes a big difference. Um, I think that's a game changer too. Yeah. So obviously that, that sort of, um, uh, as, as Michelle alluded to, uh, submittals and RFIs and ASIs are something that we were very focused on. Uh, but there's there's other aspects of the of the system that I wanted to show you. Unless you have any further questions on this, I wanted to jump to a little bit of a different uh, uh, side of the platform and show you a little bit about uh, uh, coordination and collaboration. Sure. Right. Yeah. Please go right ahead. Okay. So I'm gonna go out to my home, which is gonna show all the projects that I have active right now. I'm gonna go into another project that uh, that we've been working on, and uh, again. Activity stream. I can I can come in here and I can see all the different comments. Uh, people have actually linked things. Uh, uh, this is a good example. You know, there's somebody that made a comment on a submittal and actually linked uh, a file from Box. Uh, as uh, so, they didn't even upload something. They just linked something that they have on a different system. So you know, when you talk about integration, a lot of uh, a lot of offices have adopted. Uh, cloud storage solutions, like for example, we use ShareFile from Citrix, uh, and that's completely replaced our um, in-office servers, and, and uh, uh, we no longer have map drives uh, per se. I mean, there's still a couple of legacy map drives, but for the most part, project information lives in ShareFile, and we're able to simply link uh, something that already lives in ShareFile into an item here in GamePlan. There's no need to upload a duplicate copy. And what that means is that that link will always go to the latest and greatest version of that document, which is great. Um, but on this particular project, I mean, we managed the submittals and RFIs, ASIs, all the communication on the job through um, through game plan. So the timeline towards this part here shows uh, shows mostly uh, that type of communication. But something that that we did is we used our uh, punch list. Uh, you know, Michelle had developed this job walk. 
uh, feature, which is basically like a quality control and punch list. Well, I um, I thought that that would be a great thing to use uh, for the, uh, the BIM collaboration or, or uh, um, class detection, if you will. Mm. So uh, on this job, for example, what we did is we used Navisworks from Autodesk to do all of our uh, 3D model coordination. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually developed a system in which just by using a code, uh, and this is something we developed, it's very simple, it's just a date, so it's a year, month, day, um, of the meeting, uh, numerical, and then the uh, responsibility matrix, and there's a, there's a screenshot directly of the uh, of the clash. Uh, and anybody that's used Navisworks knows that there's some clash reporting tools within Navisworks, but they're very um, they're kind of clunky, and again, they, they make you work a certain way rather than be able to work the way you want to. Uh, and they have a ton of noise; they report way too much. So, I. Um, I asked, I believe that I saw it on Google Docs or something like that, and I, I saw that there was a way to paste um, something from the clipboard directly into a website. So I called Vishal up and I said, hey, could we have something like that for the job walk module? So that's what you're seeing here. There's a, um, you can simply use Snagit or, or Snipping Tool or whatever to grab a screenshot of a clash. Um, you uh, uh, put it into your clipboard and you click into this gray bar and you hit uh, command V or control V and uh, it dumps that image directly in here without me having to save an image and then upload an image. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my ability to sort by items that are open or closed or, you know, that that's just huge. And it, it, it allowed me to use this system uh, to also assign responsibility, um, you know, for who is uh, who's responsible for a particular item and close it up in just the same way that I would do a punch uh, walk, uh, do a virtual punch walk. It's the same thing. It's just in the computer instead of in the field. So one of the things that I really like to, from an uh, interface standpoint, is that you can accomplish all these things um, directly into the activity stream. You don't have to drill down into the job walk to do that. Um, you can just come in here, uh, click job walk, start typing, and as soon as you do, you get the ability in here in the timeline uh, to add a further description, uh, tag, assign people that are responsible for this. Uh, you can determine when the due date of this particular item is. Uh, you can, in addition to the due date, you can provide a reminder that it's a few days ahead of the, uh, the due date. Uh, you can attach files. You can associate it with a location from the database of, say, the, what room number it's in, uh, or what level, all that. Uh, and I can also paste that uh, screenshot of the capture directly in here, and it'll generate uh, the job walk uh, or the RFI or the submittal or whatever it is that you're creating without having to go into that specific module. So I don't have to come into field, job walk, and create it there. I can just have my activity stream running through the meeting, cut and paste my items, directly in here and they get locked. So that's a really easy workflow. Um, I mean, it'd be great in the future, you know, to integrate and maybe create a plugin for something like Navisworks, but that, you know, then you're assuming people using Navisworks. This can work with anybody that's using um, uh, Binsight from Tecla or, you know, Salibri or whatever. This is completely platform agnostic. So from a user standpoint, it's, uh, uh, it's really, really easy to do that. And uh, uh, I would say really satisfying from uh, from an interface standpoint. Now I won't post anything here because this that'll generate notifications to a project manager and an architect. They're going to start scratching their heads. So um, <laughs> can't actually demonstrate it. Although I do have a project that's not in use that I could, if you want to see it. Um, you know, it 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 still happens sometimes. We uh, we developed uh, uh, you know a project for a client for a Swedish hospital. And after we had the project set up, lo and behold, the, the owner came back to us and said, uh, we need you to use a different product because it's what we use as an enterprise for all of our products. So fair enough. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we sometimes have to do that. So uh, I have a little bit of a test bed if, uh, if I need it. Uh, and I've kept that project up there just specifically for that reason uh, so that I can kind of experiment with, uh, with different workflows and show people how it works. But... Um, you know, by and large, uh, our partners, whether it be owners or the design teams, you know, they've been really, uh, really supportive. I mean, I, I would say you have to know your audience 
because there's there are times when if you started training by saying you're gonna love this, it works just like Facebook or it look, works just like Twitter or social media, uh, you might lose the room depending on who's there. Um, so you have to know your audience a little bit. By and large, I don't find it to be a generational thing, although it seems that way sometimes. It's more about a sophistication level uh, and whether they use it in their lives or not. Um, but we had, in this particular project, the architect kept being very critical and kept uh, getting a hold of me and telling me, hey, I, I thought I would do this or I thought I would do that. I couldn't get it to do this. I couldn't get it to do that. And I would look into it and, and I realized I probably should have done a little bit better training. It's a user error sort of, a, of an issue. Mm. Uh, but at one point, the project manager actually asked the question, well, John, uh, you, you sure seem to be complaining about game plan a lot. Um, would you, it's not too late, we could switch this to a new format. Do you want to do that? And he came back immediately without missing a beat. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, he, he was a high-touch sort of a, a client. We needed to really uh, walk him through it, but the reality is that he was, uh, uh, he was liking the interaction. He was finding it a lot easier to use, and he was finding the information a lot more readily. I've had a couple of other subcontractors. We've got a, a project or two that we're currently running where we're not using game plan, um, just at the choice of the, of the project executive on the particular job, or, or like I said, because of a client requires something else, and uh, just started a project working with uh, somebody that was involved in one of these projects with game plan, and she had great feedback for us, and and was saying, hey, how come we're not using it on this other one? It's a, a, it was great to find everything in one spot. I can't do that anymore. So it's been really great validation. Well, I must say that this has actually helped me quite a bit um, to understand how it works. Um, and then also understanding from, from your perspective how easily integratable it is to, to just start using it in, in your own teams. Um, I think that you're right. It's interesting to, to note that you really do have to know your user um, your audience or, or, or your user base um, and understand what level of touch they may require. Um, but yeah, training, training is, is huge. Um, but at the same time, there's so many things that are intuitive, especially if you use social media platforms. Um, so the, the learning curve is, is a lot, um, it's a lot less steep. So, well, and I, mm -hmm. I will say the key to it, though, is uh, people will learn it if they have to. And a lot of times they won't if, if it's not uh, something that is required of them. So strong project leadership that, that has the mindset that we cannot lose project information due to emails uh, or, or anything else like that. If, if you make the, the commitment that you're going to use a different system, you're going to use a cloud-based platform to communicate, as a project manager, project executive, you have to tell your team, this is what we're doing. The idea of um, typing in the, the, what is it called, work stream, similar to like a Facebook wall, <laughs> uh, it, it really makes a, a big difference to just make it very easy to, to walk through the process. So what is it that you're showing me here? Uh, David. So I just wanted to show really quick, just because this is, I, I mentioned this earlier, something that's uh, much more flexible. You know, at the project level, this is not for the entire enterprise, this is actually at the project level. The ability to customize all the fields that go into, say, an RFI form or a submittal form, I, I, can, I can show. Uh, for example, the trade discipline, I can show it, I can hide it, I can change this list. Those are things that most softwares out there either do not let you do or they make you go through the vendor to change them. And then you can only really do it at an enterprise level, so all of your projects will have to be, uh, will have to have the same trade disciplines. In this particular case, we were only interacting with mechanical, fire protection, and electrical. Simple, uh, you know, little remodel of a, of a storage space in the hospital. Don't have to deal with anybody else. So I don't want that uh, cluttering up the form. So we're, we're pretty lean 
organization. So, you know, to anybody that's familiar with lean construction, you probably know about the 5S, mm -hmm. um, way of, of sorting and shining and standardizing. This, this really goes to the heart of that. You get rid of any clutter in your forms that you don't need. Um, you can make your RFI forms extremely simple, one or two fields, and everything else is automated. Um, and being able to do that at the project level, as an end, not as an end user, but as a project administrator, uh, and without having to go back to the vendor, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It, you don't have to, to jump through the hoops in order for that to take place. You just you eliminate the waste at your level and um, just keep, keep moving forward, have the, only the pertinent information that you need. Wow, this has been a, a great um, demo, if you will, using your past projects and even current projects to, to show us how this has benefited you, how GamePound has benefited you. Um, but really, it, it, it's, it's more than anything. It sounds like it has just enhanced your the way you guys already choose to work. Um, and it, it allows the collaboration to... to be second nature um, throughout the project. It, it's the way Vishal described it to me before. It's, the reporting is a, what is it? The reporting is a byproduct, by right? The byproduct of actually working. And, and I can absolutely see that that is, um, that is taking place here. I think if there's anything that's a no-brainer about this product, is it's that. Um, you can absolutely go back to whatever piece of information um, that you're looking for, whether it's, whether it's a submittal RFI or, or just that correspondence going back and forth about it. I think that's hugely, hugely great. Um, so I did want to give the opportunity, um, if you wanted to talk through the pricing uh, model here, Vishal, um, just so people understand what what it what it takes to get bank game plan um, up and running? Um, I don't know if you wanted to to share your screen and, and or just talk about it. Whatever you whatever you think is most um, effective at this yeah, point. Yeah, so um, it is uh, available on our website. Uh, the pricing is pretty simple. Uh, we price by uh, different packages. Uh, and different products. So there are six different products uh, uh, for collaboration, contract management, scheduling, uh, lean construction, project planning, uh, document controls, uh, and so on. Um, people can choose to buy any combination of this. Um, they can start with a 10 user package. Uh, unlimited projects come with it. Uh, and uh, the pricing starts at uh, at uh, $200 per month uh, for uh, one product. I think that's it's a simple model. It's it's easy to understand, and I think that's that's great for what you're what you're offering. Um, mm -hmm. All right, so gameplancloud.com is the website. Yeah. Um, so okay, great. So anybody can can find um, find this information there out of the six categories. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Um, yep. Last question I wanted to just ask you both uh, before we wrap up the interview here slash demo. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out and talk a little bit more about game plan or um, just your experience using using game plan or what have you, Michelle? How can, how can they get in touch with you? So uh, they can write me an email uh, with, uh, with uh, Vishal, V as in Victor, I-S-H-A-L, at gameplancloud.com. Uh, or they can uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, the Twitter handle is Paul Wall, P as in Paul, O-R-W-A-L, uh, my last name. Uh, Great. How about you, David? How can one get in touch with you? Yeah, my month's even easier. Uh, you can also reach out to me via email. Uh, I do realize that I've spent the last hour railing against email, but, um, you know, 
non-project specific communication still has to place an email, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> my email address is dsmdavid at gameplancloud.com. Great. Well, thank you both. And I look forward to talking with you soon again. Um, and I hope that this is beneficial to the constructor audience. Um, I'm looking forward to, to feedback from the audience there as well. So um, I guess I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, Brittany. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Vishal and David. You can find the resource links in this podcast at constructor.com slash one zero. You heard a lot about Game Plan and more info can be found at gameplancloud.com. If you are listening to this podcast and there's no YouTube video um, link posted at this time, please just be patient. The YouTube video is coming out any moment. You can certainly access it in the show notes when it's available. Thanks, guys.